This is Strange Assembly episode 309, Strixhaven, a curriculum of chaos. I'm Chris Stevenson, and this is Strange Assembly, your tabletop gaming podcast. You can find out more about us on the web at www.strangeassembly.com. I'm here today to talk about Strixhaven, a curriculum of chaos. This is the latest Dungeons and Dragons book. It's also the latest Dungeons and Dragons Magic the Gathering crossover, which I'm always happy to see. Releasing on December 7, 2021, Strixhaven is a bit different from its prior D&D XMTG predecessors. All of those were just straight up setting books. Strixhaven isn't, or, I mean, it is a little bit. It's an adventure book, but not entirely an adventure book. Really, it's kind of part setting book, part rules framework that you could use in your own sort of academic setting, and part adventure book, all focused on the wizarding school, or rather the mage school, I guess in the parlance of Strixhaven, of Strixhaven. Characters in Strixhaven are going to start out as first-year college students at a magical academy. They will go to class, make friends and rivals, get into mischief, and, of course, end up having to look into some ominous goings-on at the school. With extensive emphasis on non-combat activity, Strixhaven might be the Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition book that is most divorced from traditional old-school gameplay. It also, not coincidentally, probably requires more from the Dungeon Master than any other official D&D 5e book. But if you've got a DM who's up to the challenge of creating a lot of social and academic scenes, then Strixhaven, a curriculum of chaos, lays the groundwork for a fantastic adventure. Now note that this is a spoiler-free review, so I'm not going to delve into the details of what takes place in the adventure. I will, however, talk about how the adventure in Strixhaven ties into certain school tropes. To make the obvious Harry Potter comparison, it would be like discussing Hogwarts and talking about how, over the course of the adventure, these three students will visit a library, find secret rooms, play a broom-flying sport, go to a dance, and compete in an inter-school magical competition. So, to me, that's not spoilers, but if you truly want to have no clue about even that sort of generality, you'll want to tune out now. So, let's talk about Strixhaven itself. Strixhaven is a mage college. In Magic the Gathering, it's set on a particular plane, but that's basically irrelevant for using the school in a Dungeons & Dragons game. Instead, it's going to be located wherever you need it, to the extent that it even matters where it's located. Because all of the characters start out as students as the school, What world the school is set on is mostly relevant for deep character background, not for anything that happens during the adventure. But if you must choose, I personally suggest putting Strixhaven in the multiversal hub city of Sigil. Although I have to admit that that's mostly just because I will use any chance I can get to mention Planescape and how awesome it is. Uh, But Sigil also does let characters be from anywhere and gives them a convenient way to go to and from home if need be. Now, the School of Strixhaven is divided into five colleges, because, you know, magic. In Magic the Gathering terms, each college embodies an enemy two-color pair. 
In more philosophical terms, each college represents a way of taking opposite sides of a particular debate and making them work together. So each college has two deans, and each dean represents one half of that dichotomy. Significantly, the colleges are not just about magic. Each college is also centered around real-world subjects. This is not like Harry Potter, where the students literally never take a class in like math or literature. I'm going to talk about those five colleges very briefly. This is not intended to be an in-depth examination of you know the whole Magic the Gathering ethos of Strixhaven. But in brief, the five colleges are Lorehold, Prismari, Quandrix, Silverquill, and Witherblue. Lorehold is a school for history, anthropology, and other social sciences. Their dichotomy is order versus chaos. And this tends to manifest in how much military history matters and whether history is dictated by wide-scale trends or more by the actions of individuals. Prismari is the art school, except for theater. Their dichotomy of expression versus perfection tends to manifest in debates over artistic technique versus raw emotion being conveyed. Quandrix is where you go for math. Honestly, Quandrix is probably the weakest of the schools at embodying both of the colors. It, Quandrix's dichotomy of theory versus substance tends to manifest in debates about whether mathematics exists in the world and is waiting to be discovered, or whether or not it is a construct of the mind and, and theory. Silverquill is the school for literature, theater, and other forms of communication. Their dichotomy is radiance versus shadow, which tends to manifest in whether words are being used to uplift or to cut down. Witherbloom is the home for biology, chemistry, and other life sciences. Their dichotomy of growth versus decay focuses on different aspects of the cycle of life and death. Note that this can include necromancy, which is de facto not necessarily evil here. Like all of the schools, the faculty at Witherbloom ranges from neutral good in their outlook, but the necromancy aspect is also not really played up in Witherbloom in the D&D section. Because this is a school and magic is all about cycles, there are a number of aspects that run across all five colleges in addition to those paired deans. For example, each college was founded by an elder dragon, which matters not at all except that the book does give stat blocks for them. Each college also has a mascot creature, which is the sort of thing that comes up in daily life on a college campus. Personally, my favorite here is Prismari because their mascot is I kid you not, an art elemental. Silverquill, the speakers and writers, on the other hand, have an inkling as their mascot. Physically, the Strixhaven campus is arranged in a hub-and-spoke format, with each college having a campus at the end of one of the spokes. In the center is the main campus, and at the center of that is the biblioplex, the library and the heart of campus life. First-year students all live on the main campus. It is only starting their second year that students select a college and then move to that respective campus. One challenge to be navigated in running a Strixhaven adventure is probably going to be how to maintain party cohesion after that first year 
when by default students won't all be living in the same place. This is one of the reasons that probably more so than any other published D&D campaign, Strixhaven would really benefit from a session zero where you get to talk about how the player characters are going to relate to each other. Now, I mentioned earlier that, right, this is a college for mages. Obvious question to ask then is, well, who counts as a mage? Now, the book tries to give a fairly broad answer to that, but I think you'll probably have a better experience if you use a narrower one. The book does say that students should have something to do with magic, but the reality is that something like an ancestral guardian barbarian or an arcane thief rogue just doesn't work with the notions and tropes of a magical school in the way that something like a wizard does. Tellingly, the book provides stat blocks for generic members of each college at different experience levels, and every single one of them is a wizard, sorcerer, bard, or druid. Personally, I would recommend restricting character creation to only the full spellcasting classes. Now, this class imbalance might be an issue in a traditional dungeon crawl, but Strixhaven just isn't that sort of adventure. So that's the setting aspect. I mentioned there's also rules frameworks here for Strixhaven. So there are several aspects of this framework that work together to embody academic and social activities. There are new super backgrounds that are tied to the colleges. There are rules for relationships, rules for classes, and rules for extracurriculars or jobs. Now let's start with those backgrounds. Each one of these backgrounds, one per college, provides the normal array of background benefits. You know, here's some proficiencies, here's some little bit of gear. But each of the mechanical boosts they provide is getting to add two spells to your spells available at each level. If you're a non-spellcaster, you just don't get anything. These can be quite potent, allowing characters to play broader roles in combat than they otherwise would by doing things like adding healing magic or good damage spells to class lists that otherwise wouldn't have them. Each of these backgrounds also gives the characters a feat called Strixhaven Initiate. This feat gives the characters two cantrips, which are based on their college, and then one first-level spell of their choice from one of two specified class lists, and which two lists is based on their college. Unlike the college backgrounds, these spells aren't limited by an existing class, so this is a way to get even the most generic of fighters some sort of magic. And note that that first level spell can be cast once per day on top of whatever spellcasting the character already has. It's not just another spell to your list. One potential issue with these backgrounds is that they have to be chosen before the character actually joins a school. I'm mighty tempted to want to do something like push the selection of these backgrounds back until the characters actually start the second year, but that's not until fourth level. And really, right, these mage school characters are probably going to want the extra spell options up front. You're just loading a lot of oomph into those. But if you wanted, you might be able to just give characters normal backgrounds. They suffice on those. For the first few levels, and then they later pick up 
these school backgrounds. Or maybe you could like partially dole out the school backgrounds by saying like, well, halfway through the year, here are some bonus spells that we're going to add to your spell list based on what classes you've been taking and, and what you're interested in. This allows you to, if you want, sort of play up this, okay, what's my major going to be decision at the end of the first year. Now, all of the other frameworks that I mentioned are tracked on a character's report card. There, there is indeed a report card that's about a half page for each character. This lets the player track their relationships, what classes they're taking, their extracurriculars, and a job if they have one. So relationships first. Whenever a player character interacts with an NPC student, they could gain or lose relationship points, right? Depending on whether or not it's a, a successful friendly interaction or a hostile interaction. If the score gets high enough, then the characters become friends, and the PC gains a bond boon from the NPC, typically a purely social benefit that is defined individually for each NPC. If the score becomes low enough, the characters become rivals, and the player character gets a bond bane from the NPC. For example, if an NPC worked at a tavern, that NPC's bond boon might be that they will pass on gossip they overhear at work, while their bond bane might be that the player character just cannot get someone to serve them a drink at the tavern to save their life, right? They come in, they sit down, everybody ignores them. Now, if you can get the relationship score even higher than that friendship level, the NPC and the PC might become beloveds. This can, but does not have to, represent a romantic relationship. Each beloved NPC gives the character one beloved inspiration. It's like a normal inspiration point, but we call it beloved inspiration. And these inspiration points come back every single time the player character takes a long rest. Like I said, there's a lot of mechanical boosts here to get around any combat weaknesses that come from the party having no frontline fighters. And this just kind of emphasizes how these frameworks are taking these non-combat elements of the setting and really making them matter. In addition to the relationship, a student can participate in two extracurricular activities or one extracurricular activity and a job. You take a job, it gives you five gold pieces a week. An extracurricular activity, and there are like 16 to choose from, gives the character a student die. This is a d4 that the character can add to any role that uses one of the two skills associated with that extracurricular. You get to add this after seeing the role, but before you know whether or not it was a success. For example, a student in drama club can add their die to arcana or deception roles. The student die returns after a long rest. Additionally, participating in the extracurricular activities or the jobs provides more opportunities to interact with other students and gain relationship points, because every single one of the bank of NPC students included in the book has a job and or participates in an extracurricular. Now, of course, this is a school, so we should probably talk about classes, right? There are no rules for class itself. It's up to the dungeon master to interject some academic scenes if they want to do that. But there are rules for whether you pass or fail, how well you do on the exams. Each exam consists of two ability checks. The exact ability checks are going to be dictated by the class. 
For example, let's say you're taking an exam in a class that focuses on relics. Maybe you have to make an intelligence history test to recognize particular relics, and then you have to make intelligence arcana to identify any magical properties that these relics have. For each of these two tests that the student passes, they get, again, another one of these student dice that can be used to enhance either of the two skills that were used in the exam. Note that students can study for exams, which can drastically improve their odds. And there is no mechanical reason why you wouldn't want to study. So you're going to be able to use one of these re-rolls that the study in grants. So you really want to try to get one of these re-rolls, the study in grants, to try to make sure you're going to get at least one success on the exam and don't fail, right? Students also can try to cheat on the exam. But there are, as one would expect, significant consequences for getting caught. You know, this is where you have the whole, we could have all been killed, or worse, expelled. In addition to these rules frameworks, note that there also is a new playable species in Strixhaven, the Owlin. These are basically anthropomorphic owls, although they do have legs and arms and wings. They don't have any stat modifiers, but they get both dark vision and a fly speed and because why not, proficiency in stealth. The loss of the modifiers is more relevant than you might think, but I, I really do like getting both dark vision and flying. I remember once upon a time, it was just impossible to be able to start with a character who could fly. This is like your second way of doing it now. Really nice. All right, now we've got our setting. We've got our rules framework. Well, what about the adventures? A curriculum of chaos is divided into four adventures, with each adventure representing one year at school. Because the book is for characters of level 1 to 10, you can see that students are going to level up during the school year, not just at the end of school years. Now the first thing that's provided to the Dungeon Master is a bank of NPC students. So for each of these students, that's like a half page, you get a piece of art, you get a short write-up of what they care about, who they're from, why they're at school, that sort of thing. You get a description of which extracurricular activities and jobs they participate in. You get an identification of what the bond or the bane is if you make friends with that student or if you become a rival of that student. Some of them are first years, just like the player characters. Some of them start out as second year students, so you've got a little bit more variety in the sort of interactions or relationships that you might have between the player characters and these NPCs. Now, notably, None of these students has a defined role in the story. They are there to create relationships with the player characters. They will be used in the adventures, but it's up to the DM which NPCs will play which roles in the adventure. The DM will need to consider the existing relationships with the NPCs and the PCs, or which relationships might be interesting, when deciding how to round out the student cast for different events during the course of the adventures. Conveniently, there is an event during orientation that will give the player characters an opportunity to interact with most, if not all, of these students, which gives the dungeon master the ability to get a good feel from those introductions of which NPCs the players and their characters are most interested in, whether that's a positive or a negative interest. Now, the adventures themselves are, are largely a string of events interspersed with exam. There's one mandatory class each year that everyone has to take, 
but students get to select several more options each year. The DM doesn't have to come up with the course offerings. It tells you what those are, but there aren't any rules or anything provided for the classes other than that one required one. So it's going to be up to the DM to try to come up with academic scenes and the exams for those other classes. I think you don't have to do that, right? You could just be like, okay, roll the exam, get your student die. But it's probably a lot more interesting to get to see something about what's going on in each of those classes. You know, again, just because this is the obvious reference point, think about Harry Potter, think about the movies, especially, right? You forever, whatever the new class is that they are taking that year, there's always at least one scene with some sort of demonstration of what kind of magic is going on there. Now, the events run the gamut, and as noted above, the DM will generally need to round out the event by populating it with particular student NPCs, depending on how the socializing is going. Sometimes these events will stand alone. It's just, oh, here's the thing that happens. Maybe you can interact with people, but it's kind of interesting on its own right. Sometimes there's an activity and it's coupled with a brief disturbance for the characters to deal with. For example, maybe there are fun, magical shenanigans to be had, but then that animated broomstick over there gets out of control, starts multiplying and attacking people. Deal with it, player characters! And then sometimes the characters actually get an assignment of some sort. You know, go out and do this for us. The sort of campus locations that these events will take place in include a library, obviously, classrooms, there's a cafe, there's a gift shop, a tavern, there's special purpose alumni buildings, college dorms, and then you can get some stuff that's out at the campuses as well, like a Laurelhold excavation or a Witherbloom Bayou or art displays on the Prismari campus. The sort of events and tropes that the characters might experience, there's first-year orientation, there's befriending a mascot, breaking into a faculty office, being sent to collect spell components, choosing the right outfit, engaging in a magical duel with another student, going to the school dance, gossiping, planning a party, playing games with unique little magical items, uh, participating in a sing-off, playing Mage Tower. That's sort of the Strixhaven equivalent of Quidditch. It doesn't have anything to do with brooms, but it's right. It's the let's make up a magical sport for the students to play. Racing small magical creatures, doing a scavenger hunt, sneaking into closed buildings, supervising or maybe being sent to detention and working on a play. And eventually, of course, one of these activities is probably going to be saving the day from a threat that's slowly weaved across all four years that the PCs have at the college. There's just a really broad coverage of your boarding school, wizarding school tropes with a D&D flair. Again, however, all of this is going to require the DM to take this extra step of melding the social aspects into the pre-written adventure components. The one disappointing thing to me about Strixhaven, A Curriculum of Chaos, is that it doesn't cover the, the college itself quite as much as I like, right? These adventures that you're going on don't include real scenes on all five of the college campuses, so you don't get as much detail on those as I would like. I mean, you do get a general overview of the campus and the faculty for every one of the colleges, but because some of the colleges don't have combat or exploration segments, you don't get anything like 
a map of what their central building looks like on the inside, which I would have kind of liked to have. So overall, there is a ton to like about Strixhaven, A Curriculum of Chaos. It does a really good job of taking the MTG Mage School location and turning it into a great D&D setting, including a nice pre-made cast of faculty and students. It sets up a good framework to make things like classes and extracurricular activities and relationships into something mechanically meaningful. But you do need to have the right DM. A Curriculum of Chaos is not an adventure that the DM can just pick up and run. A Session Zero is probably more useful here than in any other published 5e adventure just to establish who these player characters are, why they're at this school, and why they're going to end up hanging out together all the time. The Dungeon Master is going to need to keep track of all of the student NPCs and how they interact with the player characters. The DM is going to need to proactively inject social interactions and, to a lesser extent, academic events into the story. Like I mentioned earlier, you can get away with not necessarily creating fun academic scenes during class, but you have absolutely got to work in those social interactions. The social interactions here are so important that it, it kind of reminds me almost more like a Powered by the Apocalypse game, like maybe the Phoenix Academy setting for masks, which is another, you know, mage school. So you definitely have to have the right sort of DM, and you have to have the right sort of players that are looking for this. But if you've got that, if you've got the right group and you've got the right DM, there is a big payoff to be had in Strixhaven, A Curriculum of Chaos. I think you'll have a fabulous time if you've got that right group for it. You've been listening to Strange Assembly, your tabletop gaming podcast. You can find us on the web at www.strangeassembly.com. You can subscribe to the podcast there in the Apple Podcasts app, Google Play, blah, 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 all of these podcatching services. If you can't find us on your favorite podcatching service, let me know and I will fix that situation. You can reach me at chris at strangeassembly.com. You can also catch us on the usual social media. We're at strangeassembly on Twitter, facebook.com slash strangeassembly, at strangeassembly on Instagram. We always like to hear from you. But until then, I'm Chris Stevenson, and this is Strange Assembly. Never stop gaming.